Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first round of player rankings within the Cardinals organization. I am Kyle Reese for Birds on the Black. Uh, we're going to start with starting pitchers. Now, for the starting pitchers and the outfielders, we will be going over the top 10 at each of those positions. There's more to choose from there. Uh, with relief pitching, which we're going to do for a change, catchers, first base, second base, third, and short, uh, we're going to do the top five at every position. Little preface when it comes to all of this stuff, as we get into our organizational rankings, I am taking out the players that have made a major league debut. So as we get into starting pitchers, uh, Alex Reyes won't be on the list. Dakota Hudson, Daniel Ponce de Leon, they're not on the list. I want to give us a better snapshot of exactly what's going on in the entire organization. Now, uh, we can count on those players that have already made a major league debut to continue to contribute to the major league product. But what I wanted to do, and what I always like to do, is try to keep you informed about what else there is past that group. Uh, as we're recording this, the Cardinals have made some 40-man roster decisions. Uh, two of the guys that we'll talk about right away, they've just been added to the 40-man uh, to be protected from the Rule 5 draft. Tomorrow, when we get to the relief pitchers, we're gonna, we'll be going over some relief pitchers that have been uh, unprotected from the Rule 5. And guys who have been DFA'd. We'll get into the DFA process tomorrow. But uh, the list is changing. It's adapting. And uh, I really hope you enjoy. Uh, if you have any questions, you can hit me up at Twitter, KYLER416. Uh, you can email me at KYLER416 at yahoo.com. Uh, I, I encourage as much dialogue as possible. The other thing that I would like to say before we get started on our list is that with the organizational rankings, as opposed to when I do the top 35, the dirty 35, uh, top 35 prospects in the organization, there's a heavy lean towards players that are close to the major leagues. Uh, uh, proximity to the majors plays heavily, especially on this list. Uh, our number three prospect really isn't the third best pitching prospect in the organization. There are a couple guys ahead of him on that, uh, but because of how close he is to the majors, he gets a bump. So, uh, two minute and 20-second introduction into what we're doing. We're going to get right into the list of the top 10 starting pitchers in the Cardinals organization that haven't made a major league debut. Number one is the one and only, the extremely talented right-hander, Ryan Helsley. Now, Helsley's a 24-year-old who started the year at AA, even though he should have started the year at AAA. Found his way to AAA really, really quickly, uh, and his season was shut down early, June 9th to be exact. Well, not to be exact, but June 9th, uh, he made his last start at AAA because of shoulder fatigue. He tried to make a rehab assignment start on August 8th, and it just didn't pan out. He didn't recover after the appearance. So uh, here's the deal with Ryan Helsley. Uh, he's been statistically dominant at times. He's six foot one, six foot two. He keeps his hands away from his body, and he kind of has a very windmill-esque uh, arm slot all the way through. He throws a curveball, a fastball, a changeup, and a cutter. And all four of those pitches work extremely well. I would describe all of them as major league average at worst. His fastball has been clocked at about uh, 20. It's a high spin, uh, a very, very high spin fastball. Four-seamer. It's a monster. What impresses me most about the fastball is that on a 3-2 count, he can put it right by a hitter. You don't see that a lot in the minors. You won't see that at all in the majors. He'll be able to do it. Other than the injury concerns, the only concern that I have about Ryan Helsley is that sometimes he gets too cute with hitters. Now, his stuff is really good, and it's almost like he tries too hard to get the players, the hitters, to chase. 
if he would just trust his stuff a little bit more and be willing to, you know, leave something over the plate a little bit with two strikes, I think he would do better. I think he would last longer into starts. He has a problem sometimes where late, he has a problem putting people away. Now, he strikes out a lot of guys, but he'll get up 0-2 on account, 1-2 on account, and then he just struggles to put someone away. Now, for those of you who probably don't know much about Ryan Helsley, and at this point I can't imagine that there are a lot of people out there who don't uh, that follow the minor league system, Helsley might be best suited for a relief role in the long term. But as of right now, he's a starting pitcher, and the Cardinals are going to need starting pitching depth. If you look at what they used last year, all of those guys are going to be important to the rotation and the bullpen moving forward. So number one and two on our list here, uh, they're going to play an extremely important role moving forward. Segwaying into number two, it is the left-hander, uh, the, the hotshot left-hander, the gentleman that the Cardinals acquired for Tommy Pham, uh, one of three people that the Cardinals acquired for Tommy Pham from the Tampa Bay Rays, 22-year-old Genesis Cabrera. Now, Cabrera is really interesting. He's svelte. He is skinny. He has a really, really small waist. Uh, but that doesn't take away from the fact that when he's pitching in short stints, he's throwing the ball 98 miles an hour with a fastball, a high-velocity change-up, high-velocity slider. He throws a curveball that I'm not as keen on, and he seemed to drop later on in the season uh, for the Cardinals after being traded. Genesis has stat line that you might not be too impressed with. He walks too many batters. But over the last two years, Genesis has worked extremely hard to pave out his mechanics. As I say in the article, throwing a fastball, from fastball to fastball, his mechanics would be weird. Uh, So you would assume, and you would assume correctly, that if he would go from a fastball to a changeup to a slider to a curve, his mechanics would be all over the place. He's worked to repeat his delivery, and I believe that we saw towards the end of the year last year and uh, we'll continue to see fruits of those labors. Uh, uh, fruit of those labors, rather. I, I really, really like Genesis. His stuff is really good. I get asked often about Genesis if he has the potential to be a lefty out of the bullpen, uh, kind of like Josh Hader. Uh, I don't believe he'll be that good. Josh Hader was once a top 20 prospect in baseball who just isn't starting because the role that he's playing is too valuable uh, for the Brewers. He's maybe a tier below that. Uh, he's so good and so talented. Part of the reason his stats were bad, uh, he, he was aggressively promoted. There aren't a lot of guys in the minor league system that have to repeat double A and can do it before they're, you know, when they're 20 and 21. That just goes to show you how immensely talented he is. Uh, he's a really interesting player. Uh, he was just added to the 40-man, which means that he it, there's no concern with him taking being taken in the Rule 5 draft. Uh, again, Genesis Cabrera, if he stays healthy, is going to make an impact on the Cardinals for the Cardinals in 2019. And I think I, I'm willing to bet that he's better than the stat line might tell you. Number three on our list is right-handed pitcher, another 22-year-old who made it to Memphis last year, AA and AAA, Jake Woodford. Now, like I mentioned, Jake Woodford is not the third best pitching prospect in the organization. Uh, more than likely, he's probably in the six to eight range, we'll say, with everyone else bumping up. But Jake Woodford was once a first-round draft pick who just has struggled to miss bats so far in the minors. And that's the kind of stuff that happens when a guy is promoted quickly through the minor league uh, ranks. Now, to be 22-21 and be at AAA is is a hell of a, uh, a, a hell of a task. It's a hell of an accomplishment, right? But what ends up happening in those circumstances is he hasn't really had the time to refine what you would like for him to be have completely refined. Uh, his command is good. It's just that sometimes his stuff gets flat. Uh, he operates in the bottom half of the strike zone probably better than any Cardinal pitcher on the regular. 
His curveball has developed. Uh, his changeup was pretty good at draft time. It, it's still very, very good. His fastball doesn't miss a lot of bats. I believe it's a two-seamer. It's a sinker. Uh, and it's it's decent, but it, it doesn't have the velocity or the spin or the movement to to bury pitcher or to bury hitters. It's a, it's kind of a complimentary pitch. It's like an average fastball. His curveball, as you'll see in the GIF in the article, uh, is really interesting. It's gotten better. The command of it's gotten better. His changeup command has gotten better. You started to see in the AAA playoffs and his last start at Memphis, something was starting to click for Woodford, and that's not uncommon for somebody as young as Jake is to make it. You know, when they're at that level uh, at such a young age with such little experience. I don't know what the future holds for Jake Woodford. Again, he lets up, puts too many base runners on between hits and walks. The walks really have to clean up. Uh, he has to probably go to that curveball more than he's willing to. I don't know how that profiles out of the bullpen. He doesn't let up a ton of grounders. You know, it's not like a, uh, a Dakota Hudson situation where you might be able to rely on him to be a ground ball machine late in the game. Jake Woodford will be a major leaguer. It's just a matter in what capacity. Uh, is he going to be more Adam Adovino, the starter, who was released shortly thereafter making his major league debut? Or is he going to maybe be Mitchell Boggs, the effective relief pitcher? I I'm betting somewhere in between one of those two. Number four on our list is Griffin Roberts. Griffin Roberts is a 22-year-old as we keep the 22 parade going. Uh, first round, or, uh, uh, draft pick in the 2018 draft. Uh, so Griffin Roberts, it's really simple. We're going to keep it short and simple with him. He throws a slider that is incredible, and he can do a lot of things with it. He changes how he throws it, when he throws it, and what it does when he throws it. Uh, sometimes he backs it up like a curveball, and it's amazing to watch. He throws a fastball that's low to mid-90s. He can get it up in the mid-90s, especially out of the bullpen. And it's kind of flat, but sometimes it, it tails off hard. It can be beautiful. His third offering is going to be where he needs to develop. Now, the other thing where he needs to develop is his mechanics are kind of crazy sometimes. He's kind of all out there, kind of wild. The Cardinals are going to work to pave that, to pave that out, clean that up. And that's going to be a really, really important thing. What I'll say about Griffin Roberts is it be the same thing that I say about any player the Cardinals took in the 2018 draft or any international signer, signee who hasn't made it to a full season club. Let's be patient with them. Now, Griffin Roberts isn't as advanced as Michael Waka was or maybe even Luke Weaver. It's going to take a little extra time uh, to go from the college ranks to the majors for him. But if, if they can manage to pave out those mechanical issues and he can continue to use that fastball in the effective manner that he, he's used it uh, in college, the Cardinals are in for a treat. He's a 3-4 starting pitcher, uh, at the probably at the very best, probably a number three. And then a chance to be a Joe Kelly-like force in the back end of a bullpen. A lot of people don't know this about Joe Kelly, but in college, Joe Kelly was the closer, and the Cardinals turned him into a starter. Uh, just something to keep in mind on. Number five on our list is Evan Krachinski, a left-hander. Uh, Evan was at Palm Beach in Springfield last year. Now, Evan Krachinski is the, the prospect uh, that I'm labeling the most underrated prospect in the organization at this point. Three years ago, four years ago, I gave that denotation to uh, 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 Austin Gomber, Three years ago, two years ago, I gave it to Ryan Helsley. This is where Evan Krachinski is now. Krachinski is a, a four-pitch, fastball, curveball, slider, changeup. He does a really great job of coming. He's a little different because from a lefty, he kind of comes from behind his head. And he does a great job of hiding the baseball. And he works extremely well in on righties, especially low and in, mixing all of his pitches. He has a very solid cadence. 
Uh, one of the things I wanted to say about Genesis too, as we get back to our number two prospect, Genesis is a quick worker. Uh, fast, 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 fast. Krichinski is more of a methodical worker. It has a speed to it. It has a pace. It's his pace. He stays in control of the game. Now, the issue with Krichinski is that early on in the game, he really struggles with command. You see him uh, uh, deadening balls in front of home plate sometimes. That, that Jaime Garcia thing where sometimes his stuff would just like, it bounced to the plate. And it'd be early on in games and you wouldn't know why the hell it was happening. Uh, I don't really have a cure for that. All I can say is that he probably just gets so wound up that uh, he needs to calm himself down a little bit, and he'll be fine. But I really, really like Evan Krichinski. You know, I'm, I'm, I say I like him, and I think he's underrated. Uh, I'm not as overzealous about him as I was with Gomber or Helsley. I think when you're talking about Evan Krichinski, you're talking about, you know, a, a true fourth or fifth. Like, there was a time when Austin Gomber looked like a 3-4. You know, I, Krichinski's a fourth or fifth, and don't be surprised if his timeline lines up with a 2019 debut out of the bullpen as kind of like a Tyler Lyons type uh, out of the bullpen. He doesn't have the curveball that Lyons had, but his three-pitch mix works so well together that I expect it to be effective. And he's coming off a really effective time in the AFL. Let up a lot of hits, a few too many walks, but he knows how to mitigate damage, and that's the kind of thing you want out of the bullpen. Uh, Evan Kuczynski is going to be an important part of a 25-man roster for the St. Louis Cardinals if he stays in the organization. Number six on our list is Johan Oviedo. Johan Oviedo is a 21-year-old, big-bodied righty who spent all year at Peoria. Now, uh, you guys know fastball, curveball, changeup. Curveball can be really good. Changeup can be really good. Both lack consistency. He needs to work on the consistency. The fastball, the big question coming into this year was his velocity. Uh, last year, his velocity would go from 96 to 86. And a lot of times, it was on that low end of the spectrum and starts. For the first part of the year, it would top out at 94. 394, but it would live 89 to 93, we'll say. Uh, in the second half of the year, the velocity went back up. He was living 96 to 94, 93. That's a big, really important thing, uh, believe it or not, for him, because that means his mechanics are on. Everything looked better with Oviedo. When we get to our eighth prospect, we're going to talk about this in a little bit more detail, but as a six foot six uh, right hander, and 225, maybe even 230 pounds on his frame. That's a lot of body to control. With bigger pitchers, it's hard to repeat your mechanics. And it seemed like as you got towards the end of the year, Oviedo was repeating those mechanics. Look, Oviedo could be a beast out of the bullpen or as a starter. He's still only 21. He'll be at Palm Beach next year in a pitcher-friendly Florida State League. He's going to be a lot of fun to keep an eye on. Uh, but even in the second half when he was near dominant, uh, where he was near unhittable, not a whole lot of slug there either. He still walked too many people. I believe the number's 48, 48 walks in 70-something innings, 70 in a third inning or whatever it might be. That's way too many walks. He's going to have to get that command down. He's going to have to learn uh, how to pitch in a pinch, which is something that Dakota Hudson does extremely well. Uh, he is really, really interesting. And, you know, without getting into too much more detail than that, I'm a big fan of Johan Oviedo. I, I've watched his curveball develop. And when it's on, it's devastating. Uh, again, that's kind of the trick with all of these prospects, right? To be on all of the time. The consistency is what's lacking with Oviedo. But that's not crazy for a 21-year-old at an advanced level like Peoria. 2019 is going to be an important year for Oviedo. It could be a breakout or bust. Uh, number seven on our list is uh, probably the first prospect that you've never really heard of on the list. Uh, and that's 20-year-old Angel Rondon. 
Now, with Rondon, and again, I want to say that I'm being ultra-aggressive with Rondon. I don't think a lot of people are going to talk about him. I think that uh, this could be the first time that you hear about him. It might even be the last time you hear about him. But what I know is when I watched Rondon pitch for Peoria after pitching for State College, I was impressed by the poise and the command of this 20-year-old. Now, I worry about how his stuff is going to play up against lefties. Uh, what I really like about Ron Rondon rather, uh, is he kind of has that Jordan Hicks wind-up. He gets his leg really high, and there's times when he brings his hand into his mid or his hands into his midsection and throws. It's a little like that Orlando uh, El Duque Orlando Hernandez kind of motion, but it's not as exaggerated. It's not as crazy. It's like a tame version of that. Uh, but he gets his leg up, and he does a really great job of hiding the baseball. He throws it kind of from the same angle that Carlos Martinez throws it from to give you kind of an idea. You're gonna want to watch the GIF. Uh, there are times when his breaking pitch goes flat. He has a a, a mid 90s fastball that in-game while he's starting is in the low 90s. Uh, but that curveball is really going to be what's... The development of that is going to be so important to what he ends up being. Now, in the long run, Rondon is probably a, a, a relief pitcher, a really, really good relief pitcher. What he does with that curveball and how he handles lefties moving forward is going to be the big deal-breaker for him. He can be really good against lefties sometimes. Like, in the gift that you'll see in the article, he busts a curveball off on a lefty that looks like the fastball and then just drops. It's that that Ryan Helsley fastball curveball combo where if you throw it if you throw the fastball high enough enough, it's going to fool hitters uh, when you drop that curveball in. And that's what Rondone does, and he does it effectively. He also has a pretty low walk rate uh, at at uh, at the A plus or at the A level last year uh, for Peoria. It was two point five nine, which is totally acceptable. Uh, per nine innings, totally acceptable. I'm on board with it. You're going to want to keep an eye on the 20-year-old Rondone. Uh, I just, I really like the kid. I really like the kid. We're going to see what happens, though. Number eight on our list is six foot seven, uh, acquired from the A's for Josh Lucas, Casey Meisner. Now, Meisner, Meisner, I'll probably call them both during this, uh, kind of like people call Han Solo, Han and Han. Uh, Meisner is a really interesting case. He throws he has command and throws, a fastball, a changeup, a curveball, and a slider. Uh, and they're all really solid. Let me put it this way. They're above average minor league pitches, which probably makes them all average major league pitches if he ever makes it that far. But the issue with Meisner is that he had a lot of trouble repeating his delivery. Uh, again, six foot seven. that's a whole lot of body to stay in control of. And also, he's a little lankier than Oviedo is. He doesn't have as much bulk to help carry, uh, to carry the, 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 the mechanics, right? But the mechanics are good. And... Towards the end of the year, uh, he worked all year to pave out those mechanics. He stayed at extended spring training longer before making his Cardinal organizational debut because he was ironing out these mechanics. And when he became totally comfortable with them towards the end of the year, he was a different pitcher than what he was for the A's or at the beginning of the year with the Cardinals. Uh, his curveball works extremely well with his fastball and with his arm action. Uh, remember, this is a guy who gets on hitters a little closer because of how tall he is. And the way that he sweeps his arm with his fastball and his curveball, it's deceptive. And also with the changeup, too. Uh, I like his slider. I just think he's a really interesting pitcher that maybe gets lost in the fray. He is Rule 5 draft eligible, so that's something we'll have to keep an eye on. Uh, the one thing with Meisner is sometimes he tries too hard to bury his fastball. Not overthrow his fastball, but bury it. And that means his mechanics go tight, like his body folds really hard when he finishes. Uh, he does it with all his pitches, but he does it ex like he over accentuates it when he throws his fastball. It's something to keep an eye on. I really like Casey Meisner, too. As we get to prospect number nine and ten on our list, uh, I will say that in my mind, these probably aren't your number nine and ten prospects. 
Uh, we'll get to those other two in a matter of minutes. But I decided to go with them because they're my, my personal favorite prospects. Uh, one guy is kind of probably could be nine. Uh, let me put it this way. I, I'm going to give you 12 names. And nine through 12 are kind of like they could go anywhere on the list, really, in that, in that little area. Uh, and I just really like this guy. And number nine on our list is 23-year-old pitcher, made it to Palm Beach, started in Peoria, Jake Walsh. Jake Walsh is built a lot like Ryan Helsley. He's six foot one, six foot two, thick lower half, strong. Maybe overthrow sometimes. His front, his front half is, or his top half rather, is a lot more violent than Helsley's is. Uh, but he is, he's not spectacular. He's just effective. His command is better than it's been given credit for. I don't know where people get off saying his command's bad. I see him hit the catcher's glove all the time. I just think sometimes. The catcher's calling for weird pitches, and I think it, it goes against and hurts Walsh sometime. Uh, Walsh has a good curveball. It's a 12-6 to 6 that sometimes is really solid. He has a changeup that's okay but needs improvement, and he has a low 90s, high 80s fastball that needs to kick it up. Now, what's really impressive about Walsh is when you watch him, he's been known to blow a fastball uh, high and up on a lefty and a righty. That tells me he has a high spin fastball. Uh, usually you can't get away with that, especially if you don't have high velocity. Uh, I just, I really like his body. I really like his follow through. I'm really intrigued by Jake Walsh moving forward. Now, uh, he did have a huge drop in K's when he got the promotion to AAA. I think he struck out uh, high 69 and 97 innings. That's not going to do, but he doesn't walk a lot of people. Uh, that's probably a good sign that by the time he got through Palm Beach, uh, did I say AAA? I'm sorry. Uh, he got to advanced day. By the time he got to Palm Beach, he wasn't really fooling anyone, and it was probably probably pretty evident in the stats. He lets up a few too many fly balls, and that's partially because he lives high in the strike zone. Again, I went with Jake Walsh because I like his command, I like his poise, I like his demeanor, and uh, I like the way he uses his pitches, although I'm a little concerned by what we saw at Palm Beach at the end of the year. Number 10 on this list is left-handed pitcher, Triple A, Double A, Austin Warner. Uh, real simple. Warner throws a really great curveball. His fa everything else that he does is pretty pedestrian. But Austin Warner was pitching for the River City Rascals locally, uh, an independent league team, and he's look. You just got to root for the guy, right? He's a left-handed pitcher. He's probably a loogie if he's if he's anything at all. Lets up too much contact, especially at the Triple A level. But he's 25. He he's John Brebbia, right? He's a less talented John Brebbia. I put Austin Warner 10th on the list because I think his curveball is good enough to get outs from the left-handed side uh, at the major league level on a limited basis. I think his curveballs or his fastball is just enough to mix in with it. Uh, but I want to bring him up because I want you guys to root for this guy. Like, I want you to see Austin Warner, and I want you to say, look, and also, he's super smart. Like, he's one of these guys who digs deep in the numbers. He's, he's one of these guys who's really curious to find out how he can get better. He's going to get as good as he possibly can. You can't really say that about everyone, believe it or not. It's just everyone's different. This is a guy who realizes that he came from kind of like the phoenix rising from the ashes. Uh, we root for Austin Warner. Watch the gif. You'll see how good his curveball is. Uh, what happens from here, there's no telling. Uh, also, rule... Uh, well, I don't know if he's Rule 5 eligible or not. Anyways, also... Just uh, just root for him. I don't know what else to say. So those were our top 10. Now, again, this these come with a little extra. Uh, prospect number 11 on the list is Connor Jones. Connor Jones is a big-bodied, like, I say big-bodied, he's not tall. Like, he's kind of a chunkier, not, and not chunky either. He just has, like, a good frame, a good pitcher's frame. Uh, pitcher out of the University of Virginia. And the Cardinals have had to do a lot to pave out those mechanics. 
that the University of Virginia taught him because the University of Virginia is a place that you should not send your kids if they're a pitcher uh, because they force you to have the same mechanics as everyone else. They don't let you be who you are. You've got to be their pitcher. Uh, anyways, Connor, it's really simple. Connor Jones is probably a top five starting pitcher in the organization. A top eight at least. It's just he's going to be a bullpen arm. And I have no doubt about that. Now, it's interesting. His velocity has ticked up. He has a hard sinker, a hard, heavy sinker that's going to induce a lot of grounders and probably strike out a lot of guys. Uh, not, and when I say a lot, I mean like over nine innings, probably like seven. The Dakota Hudson lot. And his curveball is developing. But during the Arizona Fall League, he was getting his fastball up to 98 miles an hour. And when you have the movement that he has and the heaviness and the rotation that it has, uh, you're going to be a solid option out of the bullpen. I just, I've never been a big fan of Connor Jones because I'm not the world's biggest fan of the University of Virginia and what they force their pitchers to do. And on top of that, most of those pitchers fizzle out at the minor leagues pretty quickly. But Jones seems to have a chance to be a ground ball machine out of the bullpen with a higher strikeout than what we saw out of Matt Bowman. He has that type of ground ball efficiency. Uh, and, I mean, for real, if he struck out a couple more guys, I'd put him on the list. It's just, look, he's, I mean, he's a bigger version of Matt Bowman who throws a harder fastball. And uh, not to diminish that, because that's important, there was a time when we were all clamoring for Matt Bowman to be an all-star. People forget about that. Uh, but, you know, it's Connor Jones. He's fun. He's awesome. He's going to be in my dirty 35, although, and pr jump over these people. Uh, he's right there on the cusp of the majors. Uh, and he's going to be an important part out of the bullpen, I would think. And then number 12 on our list, again, I, it came down to this, Alex Fagalde and Jake Walsh. Now, when I watch Fagalde, Fagalde has better stuff. Uh, his, and you'll see the gif. It's a four-pitch mix of his two-seam fastball, which is super lively, and his curveball, which can be really good when he's burying it in the dirt. But the problem that I have with Fagalde is I don't ever see him hitting the mitt. Uh, he, he'll live outside of the strike zone, which is important. But you'll see that catcher chasing that baseball around with his glove. It's kind of the same thing Michael Walker does. Like You see whoever the catcher is moving that glove when Walker's off. That's Alex Fagalde. Now, his pitches are really good, and he had a great statistical year in 2018, and again, he should be higher on the list. I mean, you could, you could argue that he could be six behind Kruczynski and ahead of Oviedo. Uh, I'm totally fine with that if that's how you view it. I just don't like the way he commands the ball, and he's 23 years old, which makes him older uh, than, or he's uh, 23 turning 24, which makes him, tw actually 24, which makes him older than Jake Walsh at a similar level. A little bit more experience than Jake Walsh at a similar level. And I just, I'm anxious for what Fagalde is. As you'll see, he does a great job of commanding the strike zone up. And that's dangerous, but it's good. It shows you that he can command. It's just he can't keep the ball low uh, unless he's overburying his curveball. His changeup's weird. Uh, and I just don't particularly like his command. Now, his two-seamer is so lively that that's part of the reason why he doesn't command it particularly well. Uh, and when he does command it. It's high. It's just got a lot of life to it, like a surprising amount of life, a quiet amount of life, stuff you don't hear about. So don't be surprised if this time next year, uh, Alex Fagalde's at AAA knocking on the door. Uh, I like Fagalde too. Look, I like all of these pitchers. There are a few that I don't like. Again, Connor Jones is kind of a weird little middle ground for me, but it's whatever. Uh, the next little section is our next man up, right? These are guys we didn't cover that we wanted to talk about. Uh, I brought up in the article, Jacob uh, Schlesiner, Slesh. Slellesener, 
Uh, I brought him up. He's a lefty who walks a ton of people but strikes out a ton of guys. Uh, two draft picks from the 2018 draft, Chris Holba and Michael Baird. I'm higher on Baird than I am on Holba, but keep an eye out for Michael Baird in particular. There were a couple players at the Dominican Summer, Letter, Dominican Summer League and Julio Puelo and Hector Soto, who dominated that league, but were both too old, too physically gifted for that league. So the stats skew, and also I haven't seen a lot of them because they've only played in the Dominican Summer League. Uh, and then you have guys like Anthony Hsu, Michael O'Neill, uh, or yeah, Mike O'Neill, Matt Pierce, Evan Galori, and Ian Oxnavad, who have had who have been good at certain times, but just never really put it together, uh, and don't really have like a breakout pitch or anything that would like guide them to the majors, except for Oxnavad, who has a chance to be a loogie at the major league level. Keep an eye on him. He's still only 21-22. Yeah, there's still a lot of growing. And of course, we give a hat tip to Chris Ellis and Kevin Hergett, who are old for the minor leagues uh, that would do anything for the organization that they ask. I almost put Hergett on the list. Hergett's Rule 5 eligible. Chris Ellis is Rule 5 eligible. I don't expect either of them to be picked. Uh, and both of them could end up making a, a surprise major league appearance at some point. Uh, but uh, again, they're organizational soldiers who have played and fulfilled every role that the Cardinals have asked. No, instead, our next man up is 20-year-old Alvaro Cejas. Uh, Cejas was at one point considered the best pitching prospect in an international class. Uh, 2015, I think it was at this point. Who can keep this stuff straight? 2016 was 2016 was Oviedo. So 2015. Uh, and here's the deal. He is. He, here's the deal with with uh, Sejas. He has a violent delivery that is worrisome. He doesn't fix his head when he throws pitches, so his head's kind of all over the places. Uh, all over the place. He gets rattled when he doesn't have command early on. You see him shaking his head. You see him uh, pacing around the mound. Uh, and he overthrows all of his pitches a lot. And especially if he's rattled, you really see him overthrowing. Now, let's not to take away from... And again, he had a terrible 2018 season. Like, if you would have... Ex I expected him, and I think most people expected him to take, like, a step in his development. Well, 2018 was a step back, relatively speaking. He, has, he had some good starts. He just couldn't, like, put it all together. He had good starts because his stuff is really good. His fastball and curve combo is really good. He overburies the curve and it hurts him. Uh, and that's actually part of the, I think, I believe that that's a symptom of having a violent delivery uh, in this particular instance. Only time will tell. Uh, but his stuff is so good and so raw and so lively. He just, he's in that same spot as Junior Fernandez was last year or the year before. Actually, we'll say the year before because Junior Fernandez has lost half of the last two years to injury. So he's in that Fernandez spot two years ago, uh, entering 2017. That's where, where Sejas is, where you could see him being really good and you could see a couple pitches that profiled well at the major league level if he could just work on command. Uh, now, will he have the same arm injuries as Junior Fernandez? Not fair to speculate on. Uh, will he be more successful than Fernandez? I don't know. I know that I'm concerned about the command. But I know that the reason I put him as the next man up is because his stuff is just as good as anyone else's on this list uh, with, with good velocity. They said he was living between you know 95 and 93 uh, with the fastball with good movement. It's the kind of stuff you want to see, and I love that curveball when it's on. Uh, the gift that I included is a ball that he throws, and you can see him overthrow it, but it's one that he didn't like overthrow a lot, and you'll see that that thing drops right off the table. Uh, same thing with Oviedo as uh, with Sejas as Oviedo. The two of them will be in the Florida State League to enter the 2019 season, the pitcher-friendly Florida State League, and I think we'll get a pretty good idea of what they're what they are uh, there. Now, keep in mind they're going to be young for the level, and that level will skew their stats. It'll it'll kind of 
uh, create an illusion about what they're doing. But I think in this circumstance, with that, with their age and their experience, I think it'll give us an actual, accurate, somewhat picture of what they're capable of. And those are our top 10, 12, 13, 17 pitchers in the Cardinals organization. A comeback tomorrow, and we'll be doing the top five relief pitchers. Uh, that one's up for debate. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, by the time we get to recording that, there might be a couple guys who aren't in the organization anymore. Uh, so please stay tuned. Uh, if you like this, let us know. If you have any questions, comment, please post them. Again, you can find me on Twitter. I'm very active at KYLER416. You can find me at Yahoo at KYLER at yahoo.com. Uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, my prospects after dark family, the pad people, and the resistance, uh, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, stay tuned tomorrow for the relief pitchers. And as always, happy hunting.